Hey, everybody. Not sure where Brad is today. He must be out doing more yard work, but I'll see if I can carry the ball solo. Um, wow. So I wish he was here because I wanted to talk about this stuff. But, you know, look, the equities are all looking good. Um, crypto seems to be holding, tailing off a little bit. I mean, to me, it seems that, you know, that Fed seizure of um, with the Silk Route coins, that 3.3 billion looks like it's been moved to central exchanges. So I think that's um, the BTC selling pressure. Um, and obviously, let me load up some links. I just honestly don't know where Brad is. Um, let me see what I was talking about. So when I look at the macro stuff today, you know, again, uh, U.S. up right now. Asia was up last night. Uh, Europe looks up a little bit. Um, but the interesting play, Nikkei futures are still up. But the interesting play to me is, is, you know, looking at BTC right now, as I said first, you know, that 3.3 billion um, seizure, everybody's saying it's out on the central exchanges now. So, you know, I I, th I saw some selling, but um, I don't know if, if that's 100% true. But I'd say keep an eye on this because this might be that last leg down that everybody's been talking about. Um, but, you know, in my opinion, it would be that deep V. It wouldn't be, um, you know, another lagging sideways thing sloping on down um where the hell is brad and the other thing i thought was interesting was watching that whole fight between um uh sam and cz uh, i didn't realize how much animosity there was there oh, i'm gonna ping him right now brad would know much more about that than i do so i want to get his butt in here brad so, um, well, the other thing, we got elections coming up, too, so in the U.S., midterms. So, you know, that's going to be on everybody's, uh, you know, mind for the next couple of days. I, I really have no, I don't have a call there. Um, but what I would say to everyone is that the most important thing is really just to go vote. Um, no matter, oh, there he is. Awesome. Get that lawnmower put away? I, I did. Good for you. What's up, Chucky? Thanks, man. I appreciate yeah. Uh, give me a little ring there. Yeah, yeah. I figured, I don't know what you were doing, if you were, like, still drunk from last night or what. So. Well, you know. <sighs> but, um, yeah, I was just rap talking about midterms for a second. And so oh, what good. I say to everybody is just, um, you know, look, the point is to vote. You know, whatever side you support, it's just to go vote. No, and don't vote if you don't support the other side. No, I believe everybody should vote. And the thing is, I mean, we know what the desired outcome we'd like, but look, this is a country about voting and, you know, you need to go do it. But remember when you're in there and you're in that voting booth, whether you're in, you know, the Bronx or you're in Fargo, North Dakota or, you know, pick different places. Um, when you go in there, nobody knows what you do. So say you're, um, you know, a woman in Texas and you have concerns about, you know, all the, the issues that have been talked about the last couple of months, just because everybody in your family believes that, and maybe you don't, they don't know what you do in the voting booth. And it's the same way on the other side. If, if you know, if you're in like progressive areas and there's something you don't like, and you like something else, nobody knows who you voted for. So just go in and vote for whoever you want that represents your interests, um, not what everybody else expects you to do. Um, and don't, this, this is a pretty significant election too. Midterms usually aren't. But, you know, this is one that you need to really think about what what you want out of the next two years. And that's all I'll say. I mean, I'll be in there. I know what I'm doing. But, 
you know, I'm, I'm just mailed, me. I mailed mine in. And, um, if you know, look, if you think the last election was stolen, you know, then, you know, why bother? It's okay. Stay home. Sorry, Joe. No, no, I, I get that, too. Um, I oh, find it all really super interesting, though. Don't, of course, uh, I've been trying to, like, engage with people on Twitter since, you know, over the weekend. It turned into a total fucking hellhole. I mean... <laughs> I didn't know people were still talking about vaccinations and shit. <laughs> Look at Sean. My ancestor died trying to stop you guys. Voting. It's okay. Not to vote. I love it. Sean's man. I love ancestors it. died to prevent the right to vote. Yeah. Well, and a lot of them, a lot of them came here too, you know, uh, after the potato famine and awesome. all that stuff. So, um, but yeah, yeah, single issue voting democracy is the only thing on the ballot. Couldn't agree more, my friend. Couldn't agree more. Yeah, I agree with that a hundred percent. But I think it's. I mean, I'm just amazed at the. I don't want to. What's the right word here? Just how people. Just the lack of awareness out there on so many things. And the reason why democracy is so important to this is that it's the only way to fight it out and argue um, without pulling guns out, basically, and storming you know, taking over government. So, you know, we have to build that and we have to maintain it. That's our unique differentiator from the rest of the world. And I know in the past we were much better at it. Um, but, you know, now we have to really kind of think that. And, and again, I, you know, again, I was watching this football over the weekend. You guys know, I love college football. You know, it's not, they're not Jets, 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 Jets. Let's talk. They're playing for cheerleaders and future bank. So they go for it. They take initiative. I love to watch it. And I, I, you know, Watching that uh, Georgia uh, Tennessee game. And so, you know, you got all the people in orange and all the people in red, and they're ready to brawl through the whole friggin' game. But when it's over, everybody comes together and shakes hands and it's done. Yeah. You know, that's the way we were all raised. And so I just don't like all this like whining and crying about shit from the past um, and using that as an excuse to sort of try to take down the whole system. Um, that, that's, that's not going to happen. And, you know, to me, it's like you can influence things, but the only way you can really influence is by talking and by voting, you know, or giving money. And to me, I'm like, you know, the only way you get what you want is by doing that. So you should go do it. If not, you know, then contribute another way. Yes. Oh, so Brad, tell me about, um, have you, what do you think about Twitter this weekend? I was, um, I, I was loving CZ even more this weekend. Yeah. Well, I, you know, there was all that stuff out this morning too, you know, where he came in again and pounded on, uh, FTX Fucking and, beautiful. you know, and I basically tweeted to him. I said, Hey, call Caroline, whatever the hell her name is, the Alameda lady, call her bluff. Yeah. Take the money. They don't, they don't have at 22. Take it all. Yeah. They don't have. I don't think they have the 2.3 B or whatever the number is, but yeah, there it well, is. If, That's the tweet. if they do, uh, <laughs> it's probably backed by borrowed. It's probably borrowed against FTX from what it looks like. Yeah. Um, so uh, uh, CZ's Binance announced they were liquidating uh, their FTT 
this weekend. He said, liquidating our FTT is just post-exit risk management, learning from Luna. So there you go. That's the big singer right let, there. Let's, That's let's, the singer. <laughs> let's read between the lines on that one. You yeah. motherfuckers are irresponsible as fuck, and we don't trust you not to screw this up. So we're dumping this shit. Um, we gave support before, but we won't pretend, pretend to make love after divorce. We are not against anyone, but we won't support people who lobby against other industry players behind their backs onwards. So that could be a strike at him lobbying against DeFi, Sam, or that could be a strike because maybe their people have been bad mouthing Binance at, in the lobbying circles in DC. Either way, this was fucking chef's kiss. I mean, this was just. Yeah, that was a beautiful, beautiful tweet there. So then Caroline came in. Do I have those tweets? She, where uh, did she, when did she say that she, was it yesterday she came in and goes, oh, I'll buy it. You know, I looked at her. I mean, how does, I mean, she's a Stanford math grad. So she's obviously. Alameda. Smart. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, again, these guys are in Hong Kong and <laughs> zero transparency, basically. Yeah. So, you know, I would be a little worried at this point. Yeah. Um, um, oh, I wanted to download that video. I forgot. Shit. Um, okay. Yeah, I got some political ones out this weekend. I want to find the one where they tried to... Shit. Uh, I'll find it in a bit. Anyway, they the, she was trying to come out and say that there was more money than what... Than what um, uh, I'll post a link to this video too because this is a clip from the video debate between Eric Voorhees and Sam uh, on Bankless and basically Eric gets Sam to I was going to download this and load it in but I can't uh, Eric gets Sam to say yes I would never block uh, the freedom of email for particular things things that might be dangerous I would never want to circumvent that and then Sam says so what's the difference between that and finance why why would you not block emails that could be dangerous for people, but you would block financial transactions that might be dangerous for people if they don't do it right? And Sam just completely stutters and can't respond. Just really? can't. Oh, my God. It's like embarrassing. It's excruciating. It's painful. Anyway, uh, Caroline from Alameda, uh, and I, I think she took over from Sam when Sam uh, left his when, position. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so she comes in and says, okay, that balance sheet circulating around is not accurate. We have more than, uh, 10 another billion, 10 billion. Yeah. yeah. 10 billion more, uh, in, you know, in, in available. And I'm like, okay, but this was the vaguest response. Uh, let me find that. Because well, let me those... point out one more thing there. When you make a statement like that, and then people find out that there is not $10 million there, if there's right. $8 billion there, you just committed financial fraud. Well, and here's what she said. She said, a few notes on the balance sheet info that has been circulating recently. That specific balance sheet is for a subset of our corporate entities. We have greater than $10 billion of assets that aren't reflected there. But notice there's no specifics. The balance sheet breaks out a few of our biggest long positions. We obviously have hedges that aren't listed. Given the tightening in the crypto credit space this year, we've returned most of our loans by now. So I said, so those 10 billion are other assets or just FTT and Seoul? Because that was the whole thing everybody was pointing out, right? <laughs> Look at this guy's response. <laughs> Quadrillion lunk. 
That's what I was laughing at. <laughs> what a classic. Uh, wait, Sean's going off over here. I want to get him in. Oh, yeah. CZ is a scumbag. He knowingly started a bank run. This is a CZ play. The original article clearly pointed out partial balance seat. CZ caused 1 billion withdrawals, all paid in real time from FTX. Disgusting play from ZZ. This war kills the space. Both CZ and SBF are shit corner of no interest to me, but this CZ play is BS. You know what? Uh, yes. I, I would agree that the proper and uh, classy way to handle this would have been to do an OTC deal behind the scenes, sell what you got. And then announced that you sold it and why that would have been the better way. But, um, uh, yeah, I don't want to be a, what about her? I will no, just say yeah. that Alameda and company and Sam have wrecked thousands and thousands of retail people with the way they play the game too. I'm not saying CZ is right in doing this. Um, and this, you know, Gabriel, um, one of the legal guys I follow, tweeted out that Shapiro? this is the uh, uh, yeah Shapiro. This is the absolute worst time for this to happen. Like if if uh, FTX uh, or Alameda went under, this would be the absolute worst time to do it because this is when you know regulators are looking closely, right? Right. Um, basically yeah yeah now he said feels like people want ftx to be insolvent or trying to cause a bank run would be another major political regulatory black eye for the industry can we not i said i figured he'd get some negative replies on this but he's right i said that said if it happens you know there is a strong DeFi transparency is better spin here right the the fact is is that this is again examples of of centralized entities who have the only reason we have this is somebody leaked a balance sheet from them, but an example of centralized entities that are not transparent, just like in traditional finance that isn't transparent um, so that it gets to be a problem and it's too late. Once somebody like CZ does something like this or like what happened with Terra or whatever. And um, when there's blood in the water, people are going to pounce. And when there's an opportunity for shorting the shit out of something and making a ton of money, people are going to do it because it's a market. Um, but I think they're the problem with my idea of it being a spin of yes, but decentralized is transparent. It's on the chain. My, the problem with that is, is the level of education it would require, right? What it would take to explain to policymakers, they're centralized where this is not, this is on the chain. You can see it. It's transparent. You can see what's coming. You can see where the loan liquidation levels are. You can see who's borrowing what, et cetera, et cetera. But you know, end of the day, that's a big mountain to climb oh wait uh see sean says they are both nothing new to they are both nothing new to, to me, me but this proof of reserve and insurance is the outcome already done by the non-shit coining exchanges yes yeah. um there should be proof of reserves in crypto exchanges right but that it it should be that we are smart enough as users to demand it than having it forced on them by regulators would be my position. Yeah, look, you can go find the projects that have that and invest in those projects. Exactly. And you can also find the ones that don't have it. And if you like it or trust it or whatever, you can invest yep. in those. It shouldn't yep. be forced on the whole space. I agree. Yep, absolutely. Oh, Joe, you're very agreeable today. I'm excited. Well, I've been battling with vaxxers and you know Russians and stuff all week. <laughs> have you? Oh, I didn't catch everything that's been going on with you today this weekend. Oh, no, it's Were all you good. deep in the deep in the political uh, weeds this weekend? Well, I was discussing the Molotov-Ribbentrop Act of 1939, 
with the Russians, you know, because they like to call everybody Nazis. And I was like, you know, I'm were like, you really? You guys, yeah, I go, you guys forget that you were partners with Hitler when you invaded Poland together. Uh, exactly. Know, and, then, and then somebody pointed out, then of course, they were everybody was bitching about Poland, you know, because they thought I was Polish or something. And then they're like, and they pointed out that, yeah, but Poland was in on the German division of Czechoslovakia, which I did not know that. I did not so, know. So, you that. know, it kind of came back to where it's just, I just basically said, look, it's a total mess, but why are we talking about World War II and Nazis? Yeah. You know, nobody, it doesn't make sense. And so that's why, but then, you know, if you talk to people, they start coming to your, you know, you kind of come to the middle. So I had half these people that were pissed at me that in the end were like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. You know, and, you know, I was going. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Lab leakers. Yeah. That too. Yeah. God. Niblet like, says anti-vaxxers, pro-Russian and lab leakers. Oh, my. Well, while you were in the weeds, I was digging the weeds this week. <laughs> I saw that, man. I saw that. <laughs> my wife wants a uh, 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 fire pit patio thing. So, Yeah, so daddy does what mommy wants. Smart. You know what? It felt fucking good. I forgot how much I like working. Exercise? outside like that yeah i really I, I really forgot and our yard is a total friggin mess so uh this will improve it but uh, i i really forgot how much i love working you know, you know what it is it's that you see the progress yep most of the work we do in transactions or investments you know there's never an end yeah yeah it, it just keeps fucking going and it's in your head exactly but exactly here you go out you use your muscles you get some fresh air you're in the sunshine Yep. You know, your body reacts positively to that stuff. So, yeah, no, that's super cool. No, felt good. Felt good. Um, let's see what else. Oh, that's another article on the Binance thing. Oh, shit. I just closed that. That sucks. Hold on. I'll get that open again. Uh, but basically, OpenSea is releasing, without a lot of specifics, unfortunately, uh, tools to help creators um, enforce royalties on chain, which there's been quite a bit of debate lately about whether that's possible or not. Um, and it's not like you, you could sell your NFT on an exchange that doesn't enforce that. Um, OpenSea does. Some others do. Others are saying, no, we're not enforcing uh, royalties. And they're trying to attract people that want to sell and don't want to give up a percentage. Um, how do I get this shit off screen? Hey, next, when we go, I sent some links over on that. I got them um, loaded. Okay, the loaded. Silk Route stuff or Silk yeah, yeah, yeah. stuff. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, I got those. I want to see up. what you thought of that. So, uh, so anyway, I'm going to be very interested to see the details about how technically they're going to implement this because you know OpenSea is essentially a centralized exchange, right? It's mm -hmm. not, so it's very easy for them to enforce it. But they're now saying that they are going to help and help artists enforce on chain. So I'm I'm excited to see that. Um, I just I need to see some code or something. There were no links in this article, and I didn't really. I mean, to the to what they're doing. And I didn't really have a chance to go like, let me go look at the OpenSea website and see what they're doing. But um, they're claiming that they are developing multiple ways to enforce royalties, not just on OpenSea, on any uh, on-chain uh, exchange. So we'll see what happens. I, I don't know. That should be really cool. Because that was a so, lot, that's a big NFT problem. You know. Oh, it's now. huge. Well, and look, yeah. you know, if you buy an NFT from some, if you buy an NFT from an artist, then and you, you don't like the idea of royalties, then don't buy from artists that charge royalties, right? The mm -hmm. artists want ongoing revenue stream from their from their art. And if that's their choice, then don't be an asshole. Just don't buy their art, right? I, I get it. You're a flipper or whatever. You're a deal maker and you just want to make money. But factor your 5% cut back to the artist or whatever it is into what you need to flip that for. 
Don't be a right. dick and fuck over the artists who are trying to make, have an ongoing revenue stream from their work. All right. And I love the idea of royalties for artists. Like me too. You know, artists, artists live in this constant hype cycle of constantly having to hype their shit in order. And I don't mean just NFTs. I mean, in real world, constantly having to build up a big profile and be seen as the next big thing in order to charge more and sustain income. Whereas with this, you know, they don't have to spend all of their time constantly trying to push and boost their profile. So um, I really like that a lot. Yeah, um, no, I mean, it's it's like music. It's like Spotify, basically. Exactly. You, know, you, you pay for every time you listen to a song, essentially. That's Somebody right. Does. Exactly. That's the way it should be for NFTs, too. That's right. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Um, and artists don't have the recording industry to enforce it, right? They, they, they don't, don't have, have like that, that digital rights management stuff, right? Exactly. There's no, you know, I mean, they can do it on chain eventually, but but the point being that you know, artists have always been protected by the recording association or the, 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 the main, the big companies, Sony, RCA, mm -hmm. et cetera. Artists have never had that. So I like it. Um, so last week when I interviewed, uh, Haim Solomon on my, mm -hmm. on mission DeFi, he brought up this thing called Eigenlayer. And when he talked to me, I had a generally vague understanding of what was possible with it. It sounded mm -hmm. really impressive. Well, Meyer bank, M E I R B A N K. Uh, that's at Meyer Bank, um, wrote this awesome thread about what this is. And this is pretty fucking amazing. And this also um, has incredible potential to lock more into Ethereum. Um, and I will tell you that, that Haim is a uh, pretty much, I mean, he didn't say he was a maximalist, but he seems pretty, pretty hardcore Ethereum only guy. Mm -hmm. um, anyway, so what this does is it puts another layer onto Ethereum but here's the core of what it does. It allows people, so if you're staking on Ethereum and you're staking 32 as a validator, right? So you're validating transactions as a validator on that on the Ethereum chain, right? You've got 32 Ethereum stakes. Well, all you're gonna make is the Ethereum that comes through from, from transactions that you validate, which is four to 6% are the varying amounts that people are supposedly gonna make. Which is great. I mean, there's there's nothing wrong with that. And if you're a believer in Ethereum and getting more Ethereum, then and you think its value is going to go up, then you know it's four to six percent might be nothing. It might be that you're going to have you know Ethereum that's gone up to fifteen thousand or ten thousand, whatever. But this is really powerful because this allows people who are staking the thirty-two and validating the thirty-two ETH to also validate other protocols. So you could validate other applications. You could evalu uh, validate uh, oracles. You could validate um, a decentralized RPC network to fully decentralize the infrastructure of Ethereum. And then you can be, as a validator, somebody that's earning even more you, from all kinds of applications that need validation on the chain. So this thing is has a ton of potential to empower Ethereum to be even more powerful because now app developers can make use of these validators to validate transactions or prices or whatever they need to validate. And he gives a ton of great, first he goes through and outlines any potential risks. Um, you know, you could be slashed if, if a particular protocol is very um, aggressive about slashing to protect their interests, whatever. So you've got to be careful if you're going to do this, but this is really powerful. It can validate for bridges. It can validate for, um, like I said, RPC rollups can validate transactions being seeded onto the main chain, um, RPC nodes, app chains, so sub chains that are being used for one particular app 
could be used for that. So you could have subchains on, on Ethereum. Um, Oracle's data availability. So um, people that want to process data off or on chain, um, being able to use the validators to validate the data that's going off and on. Just there's a ton of potential capabilities here. This eigenlayer, I think, is going to be really a big deal. And it makes me want to get further engaged in the validator staking market than I already am. So um, I'll put this link to this thread in the show notes and a link to my episode with Haim. But um, this I, this has a huge, huge potential. Huge. So anyway. How do you see it? I kind of didn't hear like the first part of what you said, but how do you see this like versus ZK Sync or Optimism sort of roll ups? This seems to be kind of doing something similar. No. Taking it up to the ETH chain, right? No. So okay. uh, Eigenlayer is, is the ability for validators, the people who stake 32 ETH on Ethereum and are validating blocks. Got it. This allows them to stake the same 32 ETH, but also use it for transactional stuff on the chain. So like Chainlink with Oracles, validating uh, price feeds for RPC nodes, Mm -hmm. um validating those or being rpc nodes for bridges liquidity validation yeah. i mean there so what happens is is now instead of your 32 just ETH, just earning eth yeah you can now earn from these other protocols that need validation and the protocols now don't have to build out an entire network of validators for their for their protocol they can use the existing you know hundreds and thousands of validators that are already on ethereum they can use them if those validators opt into it. So the way he talks about it is, and this actually makes a ton of sense, is that it becomes like an app store, right? Because if you're a validator, you can go and pick and choose the things you want to help validate with and double, triple, quadruple what you're earning, quadruple what you're earning from just being a validator for the main chain. So it empowers a lot of things, increases security, allows people to earn more. It's just a really powerful thing. It makes it easier for protocol developers that need validation kind of nodes available to them without having to find a bunch of people to be validators. Um, just, just a ton of potential. And for rollups, like you were talking about, it can be a validator for rollups, right? So when, when transactions are going to be written to chain, it can be there for it. So, yeah, that's what I, that's the first thing I thought of when you were talking, but I didn't, but even it wouldn't be it. a layer two. It's not a yeah. layer two. It just is in between them. Yeah, correct. It sort of functions a similar way, but not a separate network. Um, but I like that. So you could have a node with like 32 ETH and then you can become a validator on a, I mean, another ETH type project. Yeah. So another protocol. So you could be a validator for Chainlink or Teller. You could be a validator for RPC nodes. You could be an RPC. So node. So Phantom stuff or Avalanche stuff. Well, not necessarily other chains. Okay. These would be protocols on Ethereum. Got it. So okay. things like Chainlink, things that live on Ethereum. Now there's nothing stopping phantom or avalanche for also implementing something like eigenlayer on their chains so that validators can make more but the other thing this will probably do is people who've been validating on chains that may not have great tbl right now may say you know what why don't i come over to ethereum with all this money buy my 32e validate and then when eigenlayer comes on board i'll get all of this other revenue right so it's it's It'll exceed yeah. the normal revenue you get just from being a staking validator for the chain. You now become a validator for a bunch of different apps. Yeah, no, that's cool because it's sort of like, you know, composability in DeFi. It's like you can add a little bit more of a turn on top. 
You know, which exactly. what are they getting now? Like about 5.7% or something? Four to six percent, okay. I think it varies. Yeah. So yeah, look, you should probably be able to I mean, I guess everyone you're validating for is probably gonna be like a point or two, would be my guess. Oh, I would I would guess and new ones will probably do heavier incentives, yeah. right? Because they need these validators and they need a mass of validators. So right. they're probably gonna incent on the front end with even more. Um, so they can get people that are in saying, yeah, I'm into it. Right. Because you figure, okay, I'll get a nice boost at the beginning from this new project. I'll just stay in it. Cause I'm still, I, I don't have to, the beauty of it is I don't have to do anything, but the biggest risk is that you get slashed. Right. So if there's like Meyer talks about that, you know, if there's a protocol that requires like hundred percent uptime, mm-hmm. you probably don't want to be a validator for them because you're your VPS, your server could go down for five minutes and then you're going to get some of your eats slashed. Right. So you want to, you got to be careful about the things you choose to validate for and what their slashing requirements are, but there's just a ton of potential. So, and, and it opens the doors for a lot more things to be built on Ethereum that would require you to develop your own validator network, which is really hard. I mean, it, yeah. you know, what's ETH at $1,500, 32 ETH? That's a good chunk of cash. Like if you need, I mean, you may not need that big a big a chunk for each validator, but if you're launching a new protocol, you need a lot of wealthy people to come and set up a staking node. And then there's technical issues and it's a pain in the ass. Well, now, once you get your 32 ETH set up, you can, you can, use them for all kinds of things, right? So they're saying that, you know, Eigenlayer is actually a company um, and that they'll probably have an app store and everybody can come in and say, I need a validator for this, whatever. So it's very cool. Well, no, it, it fits the whole the whole decentralization ethos. When you think about, we yep. talk about price oracles and Dreller yep. and Chainlink, this is the same thing. It's like another data point in the whole exactly. chain. That, but I love the fact that you can then take these nodes already loaded up and add more validator clients exactly that's that is very cool yeah no there's a lot of potential revenue there so yeah uh, i gotta keep an eye on these guys eigenlayer right eigenlayer e-i-g-e-n-l-a-y-e-r i'll put it up on the uh i'll put it on the show notes as well i'm just gonna so. follow them on twitter real quick yep yeah absolutely um yeah that's a great find dude All yeah right, it's cool shit now thanks um, to Haim. Haim brought it up to me, and then I happened to catch this uh, this thread, uh, really well-written thread by Meyer, uh, explaining how it works. So I had a much better understanding of it after that. Nice. So, um, oh, yeah, here she is on her balance sheet tweet. I already talked about that. Uh, oh, Beefy's now on Ethereum. I, I actually didn't realize they weren't Ethereum. So uh, I wow. guess that's pretty big news. Uh, so you can go do your compounding on Beefy over on uh over on Ethereum mainnet now. Uh, I I had never tried, so I didn't realize they weren't there. I would have always assumed they were, but they're not. I mean, they are now. So uh, real quick, uh, new product called Gashawk. Basically, it's a predictive tool that um, you use their RPC node. There's no security risk here. The, The biggest risk is that they don't send your transaction, but they use historical intelligence and what's the what's going on in the queue and what's going on with MEV and, and uh, I mean, not MEV, but what's going on with the queue and the network and everything. And if you submit a transaction, they will optimize the time that that transaction gets sent based on uh, predicting when the lowest gas fees will be. So mm-hmm. if your biggest concern is that the transaction have low gas fees, um, if you swap out for their RPC code, RPC node, you'll then uh, get the ability to use their system that will automatically uh, 
uh, try to find the lowest gas fee transactions for you. This guy said he tested it, uh, said he didn't say how long, but he so far he saved 35% uh, ether on, on his transactions. Hmm. So yeah, that is cool. cool. You know, yeah. I haven't thought this about e gas fees right. in a long time. <laughs> yeah. <me laughs> Ever neither. since Polygon showed up, man. <laughs> well, well, here's the thing though, too. When, when, more and more protocols start deploying on Ethereum. And then when the bull run starts again, right? When we when we come out of it, those fees are going to go back up again. So oh, yeah. something like that, that's when these tools will shine. You know, they're building now, but they're really going to shine once they... Uh, but look, you know, saving 35% off of what you would have had to spend, uh, 35% go somewhere else. Uh, SEC issued subpoenas to an influencers that were promoting Hex, Pulse Chain, and Pulse X. You remember who oh, this wow. is? Oh, I know that's your boy Richard Hart, right? That's my buddy Richard Hart, man. That's my. I'm telling you, you Gucci. ought to dress like him, dude. You in a, like a Gucci little body glove suit? I mean, that would just be too much. You'd yeah, be man. rocking it down in Pinecrest, man. Yeah, boy, that'd be uh, lovely, lovely. So I, I think <laughs> it's the this Miami is look, right? Yeah, this is gonna be, uh, <laughs> this is gonna be an impact. So what did uh, Eamon said? Why everyone's rigging ft i think you're oh, rugging ftx besides alameda having a lot of ftt why is everyone rugging it um i think everybody's freaked out that um that that that's all that's supporting alameda alameda and that if they get called due on a debt or anything bad happens with it, something out some alameda investment that all of that ftt is going to get liquidated because they've borrowed against it at extreme levels so I yeah. think what people are doing are saying, well, fuck it. I don't want to even be in this thing if it's dangerous, right? So that's tanking the overall price uh, at this well, time. There's also, so. Yeah, and there's also some payback for the regulatory stuff, I think. Yeah, but um, here's the problem. I mean, what Eamon says is right. It seems like FTX is heading to a disaster. Like, like here's the thing. The, pe the thing that people are doing to run from it um, is actually what could cause the total fucking meltdown collapse. and liquidation. Yeah. 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 But yeah. you can't, I mean, people are gun shy after fucking Terra. Nobody's going to well, wait and see what happens. It's a total analog for 3AC and Lunk, basically. You exactly. Know, it's, it's, everybody's like, wait, is this the same thing? Um, I don't think it is, but I think yeah, that Alameda I don't needs either. to be more transparent. Uh, they're um, down They're down like $3.20 from a couple of days not, ago. I'm not seeing like, I mean, that's, that's a drop, but it's not like. But has CZ started dumping? The FTT yet? I don't know. I hope CZ does the right thing and does an OTC deal. Well, his responsibility to his, um, you know, stakeholders is to get the maximum price for it. So a dump is a breach of fiduciary duty to his. Yeah, you would think. People. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he said he was going to do it over months. He 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 said he wasn't going to do it all at once. That they were going to do it over several months. So, Amon says, but FTX isn't going to be impacted by that. Well, I mean, oh. The, you know, it's their token, FTT. I don't know how badly FTX, the exchange, will be impacted. If it does nothing else, if it draws people's attention. Oh, he says yeah. Alameda has a strong bid. At, uh, Sean says Alameda has a strong bid at 22. Let's see. He says, yeah. Sean says, Eamon says, yeah, like the exchange will be okay if Alameda goes broke. He did start dumping. Uh, so, yes. Uh, you would think the exchange would be fine, but when it's the core token of the exchange, I don't know what would happen. Um, but yeah, it should be. I, my goal is well, unless people are pulling money out right now. Well, like I think we that's what's earlier. happening. Yeah, I, I so think there. I saw some tweets earlier saying that there's been a huge delay on uh, withdrawals mm -hmm. uh, at FTX. 
So people yeah. are a little freaking out. But I, mean, I think Eamon's not- point is people, why are you bailing on the exchange? You know, why would you be bailing on the exchange when the exchange it's Alameda that could go broke, not the exchange? I think that's his basic point. Yeah, no, it's well, look, you make it a self-fulfilling prophecy then. Yeah, exactly. We don't yeah. know who's short and what where at this point either. I mean, that's the well, thing. You, you kind of see that in TradeFi. You can tell who's shorting for the most part. I mean, there are ways to hide it, but for the most part, you know, but here we just don't know. Um, so is it other people spinning FUD up and then shorting? Is it that kind of, you know, that's a classic play. Everybody does that. Sure. Or is it, um, is it something more? I I think I, I tend to think that Sam has a lot of good advisors around him. I'm not so sure about the Alameda part because I just don't Uh, really know them. Sean Um, said, no, no delay on withdrawals. None. 1 billion withdrawn in 12 hours that that's FUD. That's weird because I saw like a stream of tweets. So people are just FUDing them. So that is not true, according to Sean. Uh, Luna Hmm. Classic has two times the market cap of Luna. Not sure what lesson is there. Just weird dynamics. Eamon said, just tagged you on Twitter on CZ's first dump. Oh, let's check it out. Let's check it out. Let's check it out. Oh yeah, uh, what the fuck? What did he, what did he sell? He's selling twenty three million. He's got a shit ton more than that, but still, you're right. There's the first one. Wow, CZ is not fucking around. How many does he have total? Uh, la, 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 Was it five hundred million of them? I think yeah, five hundred million worth. I guess. Oh, worth. Okay. So <clears throat> let's see what he said. Hold on. Let me close this. Uh, Where'd it go? Oh, no. 2.1 billion. Billion. Yeah. Well, let's... Yeah. That's a lot to unload. Have any of you guys listening been... I know with the next... We're going to go to the next one in a second, which is the uh, Soaker Out Seizure one, right? I think so. I just want to see if anybody's seeing BTC dumping hardcore anywhere. That's what I'm trying to find out. No, I haven't Um, seen that either. And I don't know what the fuck. I mean, you know, we're off a little bit today, but there's nothing. I saw some dumps in there, but. Oh, 20,700, 15A. This is where we've been all fucking week. We just had a nice little run on Friday. I mean, it's not like. uh, Eamon says 13 billion. Uh, CZ needs to be very careful. Anyone who fucked with Alameda in the game of trading got their asses handed to them. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I mean,. Yeah, I I think of in pure financial uh, capabilities of uh, of Binance, Alameda is like a gnat on their ass. So uh, I don't know. We'll see. Well, there's um, something kind of peculiar there too. Of course, you know when you look at their management team and their leadership, um, I don't want to call it like a one trick pony or whatever, but. I just, you know, we all made a ton trading, okay? We all make tons in the bull market trading. But what I don't see there is all the support around it, you know, and I don't see uh, risk management in place there. Now, I don't have full visibility, but I see everybody talking about it and people have aggregated all their wallets. And then Caroline jumps in and says, well, that's not all our wallets. And then somebody goes, well, give us the other ones too. <laughs> you know, and then it disappears. Yeah. So to me, I'm like, I don't know. I would just say be careful. Yeah. Um, well. I don't know these people, um, but I, you know, 
I don't know. So the U.S. attorney announced the historic $3.36 billion cryptocurrency seizure. Evidently, this guy, James Zhang, stole, uh, how many was it? Uh, 50,676 Bitcoin from uh, Silk Road. Wow. Um, And, you know, they traced him down. He was trying to hide it, trying to disguise it. Uh, Evidently, they traced it down. They they seized the 50,000 Bitcoin, and then he pled guilty last Friday. Uh, He's in Gainesville, Georgia? Gainesville, Georgia. Holy shit. I've been there a few times. Really? It's close to Athens. Okay. I'm trying to find out what he was charged with. Oh, see, I thought this was tied to the original issue. I didn't realize this was a new one. It was just somebody. Well, he stole this, you know, way back when from Silk Road. I just don't know how he did it. Okay. He he created a string of approximately nine Silk Road accounts in a manner designed to conceal his identity, triggering over 140 transactions in rapid succession in order to trick Silk Road's withdrawal processing system into releasing approximately Mm. 50,000 Bitcoin from its Bitcoin-based payment system into Zhang's accounts and C, transferring this into a variety of separate addresses, also under Zhang's control, all in a manner designed to prevent detection, conceal his identity, and ownership obfuscate. I mean, he probably went through tumblers, too. Yeah, so they're charging... They're charging him from stealing from an illegal entity. That's interesting. Like, if I stole from the drug stealer on the street corner, can I be charged for stealing from the drug dealer? I guess I can. Yeah, you can. It's but this is um, what I find interesting. This is like just a basic hack or a basic game the system or a basic figure out how to take it. But you know, when you start, the tricky thing is when you start moving financial assets around that you stole, then you get into all the other shit, the wire fraud, and you know all those other things that you know have big, heavy sentences attached to them. Um, so to me, this is just a you know, a criminal dude who stole it, basically. I don't think it's oh, anything to do, in my mind, so it's not like a, a case against Silk Road. It's more about that. They took all his money. And he's in the U.S., so it's easier for them. But pled guilty to one count of wire fraud, which carries a maximum sentence of 20 years in prison. <laughs> so you know what that means? You send an email with a fraudulent prospectus in it or something in it that is proven to be fraudulent that you didn't even know about, that is wire fraud. I mean, that's what they're going to say. And yeah. so, and look at the penalty on wire fraud. 20 friggin' years. Yeah. If you go into a bank with a gun and rob it, I think it's seven years. Yeah, exactly. It's crazy. So, you know, you just have to be careful. Yeah. Because one yeah. hand... <laughs> Heyman says they're going to give it back t- to the rightful <laughs> owners now. Yeah. Yeah, the Kim federal Dot government. Com. Yeah, they think the, they think the they think the rightful owners is the federal government. Yeah, they do. It's crazy, dude. It's crazy. It's crazy. Uh, well, what I'm worried about that is just there was other data showing stuff going on sexes or whatever on exchange, and yeah. I was wondering if that was valid. Yeah, because I'm tying it into what Sean and you know your who's your guy at Material Indicators, the guy in Switzerland. What's his name? Fred. Fred. With Sean and Fred talking about the deep V and the fractal and all of that. I started thinking maybe this is what it does. This does mm. that, you know, mm. but again, if there's an Alameda FTX issue too, you know? Yeah. So uh, Elon got pissed this weekend. 
Kathy Griffin? <laughs> Not just Kathy Griffin. Everybody was putting Elon Musk in as their name. <laughs> now, this is the guy. Man. This is the guy that said nobody should be permanently su suspended, and then gets so pissed that everybody's making fun of him that he starts permanently suspending them. That's like, dude, seriously, like you're just well, losing so everybody's going to go. Elon Musk parody? Is that your next name? Yeah, now everybody? you have to put parody next to it in order to not get banned permanently. Um, so, you know, look, I'm all for protecting people from people being scamming. But, you know, he's just, he's such a man, baby. Um, Sean said he tagged me in the latest with a Bitcoin Jesus connection. Oh, I got to see this shit. In March 2017, Bitcoin Talk user Loaded signed a message from an address with 40,000 Bitcoin asking to do a one-to-one -one swap for Bitcoin Unlimited with Roger K. Burr. It now appears these funds have been seized. So those, those funds he was trying to swap with Roger with uh, were, um, were this guy that got busted. No, it's the same dude, John. It's John. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's great. Uh, mm. Niblet said, don't forget to make your avatar blue check. <laughs> <laughs> I love that one, man. That's great. Um, did you have any of these others that were important, Joe? I got a rep. I got a one o'clock. No, no, so that was the main one I wanted to get through. We've already talked about Twitter and we yeah. talked about this Silk Road stuff and we talked about, um, the other things. I think we're good. Cool. Let's just cool. start winding it down. Um, let me just do a quick, while you talk, I'm going to do a quick macro check here. While I talk. Okay. Uh, I'm talking now. Now, listen, thank you, Eamon Niblets, Sean, anybody else today? Eamon Niblets, Sean, thank you so much for participating, joining us and giving us great information and correcting us, me, when we're wrong. I appreciate that. Really, really do appreciate it. I don't want to be a spreader of, of fake FUD. Uh, so um, I hope everyone has a fantastic day. Um, everybody that votes the right way, get out and vote tomorrow if you haven't voted yet. The right and, way, uh, the correct way. <laughs> the correct way. Yeah, not the right way. You're right. Good point. <laughs> Very good point. If you believe it was election fraud, nothing's changed since the last election fraud. So, you know, maybe all you can do is vote. Yeah. That's um, uh, if you like what we're doing, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Please click the subscribe button if you're watching on YouTube. Click the little bell so you get alerts and give us, click the thumbs up. Please click the thumbs up. Uh, helps boost us in the algorithm when YouTube knows you like what we're doing. So appreciate you all. Love you. Hope everyone has a great uh, afternoon slash evening. Um, I hope, uh, hope the guys over at Alameda uh, survive the week and we'll see what happens. Joe, yeah, have a great one. You too. Thanks, everyone. You know, we'll, uh, macro's looking okay. Uh, Nikkei futures are up. Equities are holding pretty well. It's just, I think it's all about BTC today. But you well, guys, I think safe. tomorrow is going to have an impact on the macro. We'll see what happens. Oh, yeah, tomorrow. absolutely. Yeah, no. And we won't not... know for a few days anyway, but still. For what? Well, it's funny. I just, uh, what the election results probably. No, some of the them board. are going to runoffs, I, I think. Yeah, yeah. Some will go into runoffs and some we just won't have all the counts in because a lot of states don't count the uh, mail ins until after the election. Like Florida counts them before, so they can start releasing them tomorrow night but other states don't so that's why we end up with the mess we had last time was that they were still counting votes for days um and uh, i read an article that said brazil despite a huge percentage of the right wing there claiming election fraud and screaming and yelling 
um, they were prepared for it. And the elections are governed by a central uh, election authority court. And so they went through and publicly, transparently checked everything in their systems and made sure everything was correct. And the results were known within an hour of the polls closing because there's only digital voting in yeah. Brazil. Um, so it staved off all the controversy around it because the court, you know, vouched for everything, everything checked out correctly on the tech and it was, the results were in that night and that makes yeah. the difference. But the more important thing I tweeted about this is that once those results came out, then all of Bolsonaro's party leadership got together and went on TV and conceded the election without him. So yep. they forced him to accept the concession. Mm -hmm. So two exactly. days later, then he had to come out and say, OK, let's do the transition. And then the protest sizzled. But, you know, that's what country you over do. party, country yeah, over you, party. It's again, you know, I talk about we fight and brawl all the time. But at the end of the day, you got to come together. You got to right. say, I'll beat you next time and not whine and cry. I mean, I saw somebody whining about who's that guy, uh, Bianco or whatever. Yeah, that too, Sean, CPI Thursday. Yeah, we're leading up to that. We'll cover a lot on that tomorrow. But, you know, he's like whining about the Phillies and, you know, black, I mean, uh, the Astros, how they're a bunch of cheaters and this and that, you know, from five years ago. And I'm like, dude, this is when you say great game. We'll get you next year and right. you move on. Move you on. don't sit here whining about stuff that you can't do anything about. That's right. So that's right. So whatever happens, it happens. Cool. You participate or you don't. And yep. um, things keep going. So everybody have a great day. You too, Brad. And um, You too, buddy. I'm going to go get a sandwich before my one o'clock call. Be safe. All right, See man. See y'all. Have a good guys. one. Take